0: And welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Here we go, and it's off to Weatherby for us uh, this weekend on the Pod Blast. Three races covered for us as per normal as the National Hunt season once again starts to crank up a notch. And then we move further north to Scotland. What on earth went on last week? Uh, We'll talk about that later. Uh, To close the show off with our football tricksy battle. Uh, And it is turning... Well, it's not so much of a battle now, actually. Uh, Top, middle and bottom. And there's been some changes in the head-to-head battle after last week's uh, round of matches. But it's uh, racing first, as always... And of course, Weatherby was called off on uh, on Friday, and here we've got the latest news on the Charlie Hall chase from Clerk of the Course John Joe Sanderson, who was speaking to David Carr from the Racing Post. John Joe Sanderson, everyone wants to. Know, what are the hopes of Charlie Hall Day here at Weatherby? Um, obviously, we're hopeful, David. We, um, we've we obviously got water still standing on the track, which has forced today's abandonment. Um, we've got the right conditions for for uh, everything to sort of work in our favour for tomorrow. Dry day today, breezy, river levels falling. We have seen our own internal dikes drop a little bit, um, but all of those things have got to, to work um to the best of their abilities today, the infrastructure on course and off course. And if, if it works, you know, as I expect it to, hopefully we'll have a fighting chance tomorrow. But we'll no doubt be inspecting at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning just to confirm uh, whether Saturday takes place or not. Great news there. Uh, good, good, looking good uh, there, Ben. Uh, thanks to Racing Post reporter David Carr was on the scene and got the very latest news from the clerk of the course, John Joe Sanderson, which he uh, kindly posted on X. Thanks very much, uh, David Carr. So things looking good. They have John Joe Sanderson uh, very positive about racing going ahead on Saturday and the Bet Three Six Five Handicap Chase due off at one fifteen is the first race for us. Uh, Hello, uh, welcome along, Ben. And can you start us off with that one?
1: Oh, Tony. um, Yeah, it's a decent looking contest, I thought for for a class three anyway. Um, I am looking at a shortlist for the one fifteen of Mount Tempest. Happy and fine and heaven-smart. Uh, Mount Tempest is one that should progress plenty now he's over fences. I think it's quite interesting that the skeleton step into open handicap company after just one chase start. He was comfortably beaten by ICO on Chase Debbie last month, but I suspect he was just putting his place by a much better horse there. And ultimately, I think it was a, a decent first run over fences for Mount tempest he's by walking the park out of a presenting mare so should uh certainly it's bred for chasing and he should i think i said improve for going over the larger obstacles uh, and walk in the park offspring they do have some solid stats on their second chase start when that run is over two mile four or less and it's between 16 and 40 days 42 days, sorry, after their last run. uh, Walking the Park has returned nine wins and two places from 21 qualifiers under those conditions. 43% win strike rate, over 20 points profit. So I do very much like the chances of Mount Tempest here. Happy and Fine makes his chasing debut here, and I thought he leaped like one that would improve for chasing. Uh, Early in the season and off a break may also be the time to catch him. Both of his previous wins have come in November and December, and he also looks best off a bit of a break, because he is two wins and two placed efforts of breaks of 31 days or more, uh, while he is zero from four, two places of breaks of 30 days or less. He's also one or placed on all five of his starts over two miles, three or further, so... You know, plenty enough in his favour here, happy and fine. I'd be hopeful enough of him stepping on a bit now he's chasing. And then heaven smart, he's also making his chase debut here. Now, what caught my eye was the fact that the Moors have sent the six-year-old straight into Open Handicap Company. Since the start of 2021, Gary Moore has sent seven chase debutants aged five or six into Open Handicap Company. Three of them have won and two of them have placed... I also think the Moors have maybe played a clever game with Heaven Smart because he was allocated a mark of one one four over hurdles off the back of a, a neck second at Lingfield over two mile three and a half on his third hurling start. And they then proceeded to send him over longer trips. They also stuck cheek pieces on him. He did precious little on those four starts except slide down the handicap to his current mark of one oh seven. They now switch him to chasing take the headgear off, and they return them back to two mile three and a half. Now, Heaven's Smart, he's by Sondi Son. His male offspring, age seven or less, on Chase debut, they return a tasty 38% win strike rate and a 56% win and place strike rate. That's also over 64 points profit if you go back to them all. So, Heaven Sent, he definitely catches my eye at around 14 to one or bigger. I'll be playing him, along with Mount Tempest in this one. Tony, what have you got? Yeah, I'm with you on
0: uh, Mount Tempest. Chances of uh, Mount Tempest for the skeletons who always uh, like to target this meeting early in the season, although today it has been uh, called off. And also Cruise Control. I'll be uh, possibly dutching them, uh, possibly in each way dutch as well. Uh, Cruise Control and uh, uh, Mount Tempest. Cruise Control... um, is wearing a hood for the first time uh, today uh, on Saturday. Uh, he was last seen. He's uh, on his second uh, start of the season. He finished second of six, beating ten lengths. Possibly needed that. Uh, Stan Shepherd was uh, in the saddle there. Tom Lacy has, uh, has put Alan Johns uh, on uh, on in the saddle tomorrow. Uh, so uh, cruise control looks interesting there for me, and also Mount Tempest, as you've alluded to there, uh, very. Um, Impressed that I think he's, I think he's an improving sort. Mount Tempest and and with the skeletons, I do believe they do target this meeting, and uh, I will be looking at Mount Tempest thirteen to two currently at the moment. Looks a little on the lad side that and uh, cruise control tomorrow and uh, one at a bigger price. Happy and fine uh, each way. One on soft as well as over this trip. Uh, third of nine on seasonal debut in twenty twenty one and. Uh, Won at Market Raisin in uh, November 12 months ago, also on seasonal debut. So, goes well earlier in the season. Uh, he has had uh, winners. He followed that win up at Market Raisin with a, a decent win in a Catterick, uh handicap hurdle, Class 4, um, uh, over uh, two mile and a bit. Uh, first of 11, th- beaten uh, well, winning by three and three-quarter lengths. Off a uh, seven pound lower mark, but happy and fine. I think can uh, hit the frame tomorrow in, uh, in our first race at 115. So, cruise, cruise control and Mount Tempest very, very interested in happy and fine each way in the 115. Moving on, uh, the 150 at Weatherby tomorrow is the Mayor's Hurdle. It's a listed contest over two mile, Ben.
1: Yeah, I think it looks uh, a really good renewal of this race. Some serious mares set to line up for the pot. I don't think there's a huge amount between a few of them. You wear it well was a, a Channel Festival winner last season. She looks uh, an exciting prospect for this season. She likes to go from the front in her races, but I'd be a little concerned that she wouldn't get an easy lead out front in this because stains to be Goodall also loves to go from the front. So There must be a chance that they kind of blunt each other on the front end in this uh, makes me wary of getting involved in either You Wear It Well or Stainsby Girl. Uh, Kateria lines up for the skeletons. They try and take this race for third year in a row at uh, the fourth time overall. Uh, she's also an exciting prospect. I think she might prove better over further, but I suppose if You Wear It Well and Stainsby Girl will really set off, it, it could bring her stamina into play. I do like her. Um, but ultimately, I think Lucia is the one I would side with here. Uh, her trainer, Nikki Henderson, does have a, a decent record in this race. He's won it twice and had two others finished, and one other finished third from eight runners. Uh, he's also got a fine record at Weatherby with his non handicap hurdlers aged six or younger and that start at four or one or shorter. It's 12 winners and two placed runners from 20 qualifiers. It's a 60% win strike rate, a 70% win and place strike rate. At least Lucia herself found the, the Festival Grade 1s and 2s a little beyond her last term. But a list the level and below, she's 4 from 4. I think Lucia looks the likeliest winner of this for me. And I have to mention, uh, Game On For Glory, who is owned by one of my... NTF members Jim she's returning from a lengthy break so hopefully a clean run from her and then Jim can kick on with her for the rest of the season I believe chasing is on the cards for game one for glory but for backing purposes Lucia for me Tony what are you thinking?
0: Uh, I like Katira um, obviously for the same reasons that I mentioned about the skeletons targeting this uh, this ra- uh, well this meeting and also of course uh, um, um, what would they call it? Ollie's Wishes? I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, Molly, <laughs> Molly, 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 Ollie's wishes. wishes has won this for the last two years, so obviously they know what it's all about. And uh, uh this Katira, she's uh, she uh, put uh, three wins together between November and February last year. You talk us at hunting and the mar- uh, uh, Market Raisin. Uh, just finished second in the Grade One uh, Turner's Mersey Novices Hurdle at Entry. Uh, ran a cracker. They're beaten uh, three and a half lengths by Irish Point, and uh, Katira was finishing second of fourteen at fourteen to one. Um, but uh, you won't be getting any fourteen to ones tomorrow. But uh, Katira for me in uh, in the one fifty, and uh, following on from a couple of seconds with double figure prices, finishing second last week. Um, I haven't lost the plot here, by the way, but uh, um, Philip Kirby's Lone Star is currently uh, with Ladbrokes at 80-1. to Um, Now, Philip Kirby won this race with Lady Buttons in 2018 and 2019, so he he knows what it takes to uh, win this race, albeit with the same uh, mare uh, in Lady Buttons. Blew out on seasonal debut, did Lone Star, may have needed that run, but won four in a row between February... And uh, March earlier this year, um, uh, but at uh, Air, Newcastle, and a couple of wins at uh, Musselboro as well, which saw our official rating go up. Um, fair enough, um, February and March may be a spring horse. Fair play if you think um, she's a, a spring horse and could well be a spring horse. Um, but it's uh, 80 to 1. I know, uh, unfortunately, only seven runners, but uh, very, very small stakes uh, on Lone Star at uh, 80 to 1 at the minute with uh, Ladbrooks. And, uh, well, actually, Bet365, apparently, when they get a. Um, when they get the uh, list up, when they get the prices up, will be going three places. So have a look um, what they got—probably eight to one or something if they're going eight places. But Lone Star and Katira for the win. Uh, three thirty. Whether it be the Bet Three Six Five handicap hurdle. Um, we should say uh, Ben. Obviously we uh, the Charlie Hall chase, uh, but we're leaving that alone this week.
1: Yeah, four runners. Yeah, interested. yeah, we do one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would say you mentioned your, your each ways last week while well, we were talking before it came on saying I was like oh good stuff last week neither of us can remember our names but <laughs> <laughs> that's just because our memories are getting uh, bad. Triple was, Tread I, yes that's yes, it.
0: and <laughs> Gillesioni well which done which somehow finished well at 10 done. to 1 but it was about 40 to 1 was it yeah, 28 to 1 was, or something I
1: can't remember it was a big price but well but done. <laughs> I'm glad some, you finally got the names, because I wasn't getting there.
0: Yeah, triple tread. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, 330 um, at Weatherby, Ben. Uh, Bet365, handicap hurdle, Class 3, over two miles, three and a half furlongs.
1: Yeah, I had uh, I had a bit of a, a double take when I looked at this race, because if a Willie Mullins horse entered up yes. in a Class 3 handicap at Weatherby, um, it's his only runner anywhere on Saturday, and... As far as I can see, it's his first runner ever at Weatherby. Uh, that horse being Alvani. Now Alvaney was beaten at one to three last time out in Newton Abbott. Possibly didn't stay 2 mile 6 on heavy ground there, so it's dropped back to 2 mile 3 here. Now, a hood is also applied. Now Willie Mullins' Irish Bed hurdlers, wearing a hood for the first time that were beaten favourites last time out and start at 5-1 or shorter this time. Five from nine, three others placing. The only one finishing unplaced fell at the last when cruising. So, small sample size, yep. But, clearly, um, he generally gets a spot on when applying a hood to similar types to Alvany. Now, I had a look at Big Willie's website, and uh, he had this to say about Alvany. We were disappointed with his run at Newton Abbott last time, when we probably ran him too quick after Galway. He missed some time since, but we want to get uh, handicap experience into him so he will take his chance. Hopefully he will sell and jump better than last time. Which doesn't exactly inspire confidence, if I'm honest. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what Mullins is up to with this horse. Seems to be taking a bit of a, a strange route with him. So after all that, I'm probably not going to be backing him. Um, I just, I really don't know why he's playing that. You know, Mike leak. Three one about a Mullins horse at Weatherby, we might be like, yeah, that was a gift from the betting gods. But I'm actually going to side with a Decorated from the Oliver Signyard. Um, now, when he sends one up to Yorkshire or the north of England and it starts at 10 to one or shorter, the trainer is seven winners and four placed horses from 18 runners. That's a 39% win strike rate and almost 20 points profit. Decorated comes in off the back of two wins, uh, his final two starts last season, and they came over the same distance as this race, and on soft and heavy. So he's going to handle the ground on the trip. Uh, He's also finished uh, second and first on his two previous starts off breaks of more than 90 days, so he goes well fresh. Don't think his mark of one one eight will prove beyond him. He's also had a wind up to tighten things up a little, so he's my play here. Decorated, Tony. What
0: you got? Yeah, it's interesting that Alvini, isn't it? I mean, it's five thousand two hundred and eighty-one pounds to the to the winner, and Mullins is bringing yeah, I, over, and Brian Hayes no is idea. coming over as well.
1: Don't get That's it.
0: a very strange one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But he's he's obviously the favourite with uh, the bookies. They've got him running scared as usual. Um, uh, Winter the Lightning is on my shortlist and also uh, Alveni as well, just because of the trainer. But I'm with you on Decorated, mate, uh, from the Oliver Signy Yard and Gavin Sheehan in the plate. Uh, first race since a wind up and he has won his last two uh, races, albeit um, just raced twice in the last, or three times in the last uh, 12 months, second of 16 at Hereford, and then two wins at Sedgefield and Taunton. 7-1 uh, to one looks a bit big for me, decorated in that. And uh, and Tiger Jet, I do like the chances of Tiger Jet for Brian Ellison, who is uh, a fine Yorkshire trainer, trains out of Moulton. He seems to have booked Harry Cobden. Uh, a wily bit of uh, booking there from uh, Brian. Uh, you have to go back to uh, April for... Um, his last win, first of fifteen, beaten uh, or winning by three in a, a quarter lengths beating the changing man uh, at eleven to one. Henry Brook was in the saddle, um, and he usually is in the saddle, but uh, he's got Harry Cobden on board. Tiger Jet, uh, a gelding by jet away out of a Bob Back mare, fourteen to one ish uh, around the places. Uh, Tiger Jet each way and uh, decorated uh, a bigger each way in, in that one. The three thirty weather being moved, all eyes. On Alvini as well uh, for Willie Mullins, but we'll uh, we'll sit we'll sit that one out. Decorated and Tiger Jet uh, for me in uh, that three thirty. All right, it's set uh, ta- oh. top, middle, or bottom. Oh golly, what a
1: boy! The great thing about loving football is you cannot explain why you love.
0: It just happens. Chasing a ball round a park, wanting one team to win against the other. El right it. Oh, jeez, man. Yes, a bit of what you've all been waiting for. Top, middle and bottom. Uh, before this week's elections, Ben, with an update of last week. And hats off to you, Ben. 26-point profit yet last week.
1: Yeah, get in there at last. Um, Fantastic.
0: Brilliant. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Well done.
1: Cheers, Tony. Um, yeah, last week, yourself, one winner, two losers, minus four points. Myself, as you said, three winners. Yeah, that's correct. Three winners. three winners. <laughs> Boom! Like Big Duncan, Cali Thistle, I'm on the charge. A plus, plus 26.48 points profit, meaning overall totals, there's a switcheroo. Myself. <laughs> Plus seventeen point nine five, Tony. Minus zero point four six. First time you've dipped into negative this season, so. Mm. And I was minus eighteen at one point, so it can turn around very quickly. Um, but the tails have turned. Um, this week, thought so we are back to the normal leagues, which means we'll need to navigate our favourite league, the Scottish Second Division. Talking of the Scottish Second Division, it was the second round of the Scottish Cup last weekend, and I'm going to read you some results. From the second division teams that were in that competition last week, Dunbar United won, East Fife nil, Stenhouse Muir nil, Brora Rangers two, (laughs) Dumbarton scraped through 3 2 at home against Banks OD. That's a surprise, scoring, scoring the 99th minute and the 101st minute. Clyde needed extra time to see off the giants that are Musselburgh Athletic FC. <laughs> yeah, we all know Musselburgh Athletic FC, but here is the real mental scoreline, Tony. Okay, right. Genefield Swifts
0: six.
1: Genefield Swifts six. Elgin City nil. Wow, that's right. Genefield Swifts were four nil up after twenty-eight minutes. I saw somebody on Twitter saying, right, that's it, disbanding the club. Elgin say, can't, we we'll can't play on after that. I agree. I mean, I have never heard of Gene Field-Swifts. Are they even a dual team? I don't know. Anyway, the Scottish second division. Jeezy peeps, man. <laughs> um, but this week, my top middle and bottom. Top Scottish Championship. Wraith Rovers to beat Airdrie at 3-5. Uh, Wraith have been strong at home. Four wins and a draw. Airdrie have struggled on the road. One win and four defeats. Wraith have also been the call in this fixture. They've won 12 of the last 20 meetings. So Wraith Rovers for me at the top. Middle Scottish first. Sterling Albion to beat Aloha at 11-10. Now Sterling are the only team in an, in the division without an artificial pitch. I think their home form will be what sees them through this season. Uh, Aloha have lost four of their six on the road this season. So Sterling Albion for me. And bottom Scottish second, Forfar and Stenhouse-Muir to draw at 12-5. to five. Now Forfar have drawn three of the last five. Steny have drawn two of the last five. The last three matches between the pair have been draws. Five of the last nine matches between the two have been draws. Eight of the last nine have been draws, or a win to one of them by a one-goal margin. So generally tight games, and I will plump for a draw again here. So top Wraith, middle Sterling Albion, bottom Forfar and Stenhouse, Muir to draw. Tony, what have you got?
0: Mm, uh, I've gone at the top, uh, Broth to beat Partick Thistle at thirteen uh, to eight, Annan to beat Celtic Hearts at seven to five and a bottom stranra to beat elgin at 7 to 10 that sounds that sounds very big that 7 to 10 what you have been telling me about elgin G-
1: uh, given last week yeah it sounds big
0: 7 to 10 stranra to beat elgin and to beat kelty hearts and broth to uh, beat partick thistle but uh, well done mate well done on the uh, 26 point uh, profit last week OK, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Very best of luck with your betting at Weatherby this weekend. Uh, Fingers crossed there. Uh, Thanks to Racing Post reporter David Carr, who was on the scene and got the very latest news from the clerk of the course, John Joe Sanderson, which he posted on X. And uh, that was the interview a little uh, earlier on, you heard. Thanks to uh, Racing Post reporter David Carr. And uh, remember, if you're early rising, you can catch me on Shed Hot Radio weekdays between six and nine, uh, featuring Ben's nineties bangers, which you've been absolutely on fire with this week, mate. Well done! And you can catch yeah. more of Ben over on NarrowingTheField.co.uk, and there's a couple of freebies up there, mate, isn't there?
1: Couple of guides, yep. Uh, can't remember them, but I don't know <laughs> there's uh, a couple of uh, trainer angles and there's the. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I know it's been a long week, mate. <laughs> uh, and sires and trainers, which you've talked about on here a few times, and I went in a bit of depth for that one. That's, yeah, excellent, that's, uh, quite a good one for people to pick up. So yeah, head over, you'll see them, the the links on there, pick them up.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Big thanks to everyone for listening. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, on it. And have a great weekend, everybody.